0: My name is Sam Nabby, and you're listening to Local Music Live on MidtownRadio.ca, KW's hyperlocal radio station. Today's episode is presented in partnership with TriCityHipHop.com, celebrating the people and places that have shaped local hip hop culture. And for today's episode, we have Twenty Three Dreams. Yes, Welcome sir. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How have you been?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good.
0: So I saw on your Instagram, um, one of your last posts was you did a New Year's Eve party. Oh, yeah. DJing. Was that at Ace Ping Pong Nomad That was then? at Ace
1: Ping Pong. Yeah, that was actually, I think, my second official DJ gig. But um, it, was, it was a lit night, man. It was tired.
0: Wow, only your second. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that must have been something new in the last year then. how How's it been going doing DJ gigs?
1: Well, I mean, I've done DJ gigs before where I've DJed for artists. Like, um, I work with an artist, his name's Malik, I know you know Malik, when we did that Mel Brown show and I DJ'd that show for him. Um, And I also did the KW Afro Fest, where we were just, I was just playing different types of tracks and here and there, but I mean, for the Ace Ping Pong show, that was specifically like tracks that I wanted to play, and it was like official DJ gig in my eyes, you know, so that was was pretty dope, that was a good night, man.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you've done... Uh, community events like KW AfroFest and then um, a New Year's Eve party at a club in uptown Waterloo. Yeah. How do you uh, plan your DJ set for different crowds that Ooh. way? Or, like, how do you approach when you're being invited to an event? Um, ha- what kind of music you're going to play and what kind of energy you want to get from the crowd?
1: Um, for me, I feel like playing for the for the people is always key, right? But at the same time, I always want to show my taste of music as well right so um, I don't know it it depends I mean I go out a lot and I go talk to different people and I go see different energies and different crowds so I think I kind of have a good feel on what type of music to play at which venues but um, especially for that ace ping pong one that one was I think more of uh, well it's new year's right so just play uplifting get people going type of music right so um, yeah when it comes to gigs I mean yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. I just try and play for, for the people and, and bring a little bit of my taste in there,
2: too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, before we go too much further, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, we know that you're a DJ. Yeah. But uh, maybe let us know how you got into music and yeah. uh, and w- where you're at as an artist right now.
1: Well, okay, well, yeah, my name is 23 Dreams. I'm an artist from Kitchener, Waterloo. Uh, first and foremost, I started off producing. Um yeah, I was just producing in my mom's crib, like trying to make beats, trying to get my friends to come over and, and sing on these beats. And some were coming over and going on them. And I was like, I wasn't really feeling it to the point that I was like, yo, you could have did this and did that with it. But I didn't want to overstep my position, right? So I'm like, if I'm making beats, why not just try and hop on them? So then I started hopping on my own beats and I felt like, when I started going on my own beats, it was I didn't really like it, so I stopped producing and just started finding different beats. And I found that my love for music really came when I started making my own songs. So that's where it really started for me. But um, over the past few years, um, I've just been making more tracks and more tracks, and then I, just, I really started to get into the engineering side of it on how it sounds. Um, how the 808 really wants to sit with a lot of stuff, all the engineering stuff. So um, that kind of transitioned me into becoming an engineer. And um, I started working at different studios in the city. And now I'm at Trackhouse Studio. Okay. Shout out to Tate Garrett. Do you know Tate
0: Garrett? I do. He's, Yo, uh, that
1: guy is amazing, bro.
0: He is amazing. He's such a connector. And yeah. he's, uh, he's also uh, involved in uh, the tricityhiphop.com okay. project. So yeah. um, him and I have definitely connected uh, yeah. over the last few years about this.
1: Nah, cool guy, bro. For real, cool guy. Um, but yeah, so I got into engineering a bit. And then I think it was sometime in the last year, um, I just started going out more. I started to see who really controls the music in, in settings because like, that's what I love, music, right? So I wanted to see how can I be a part of it and i started researching a lot of djs started talking to a lot of djs in the city and i'm like yo might as well try and become a dj as well so then that's where i'm at right now
0: cool yeah so you say that you were you were looking at different djs researching different djs like when you when you go out and you want to go out for a friday or saturday night yeah. are you actually looking at who's spinning where and oh, 100%. Do you want to go to that club because that dj is 100%
1: there? 100% yeah. cuz like um I kind of built a relationship with, uh, do you know who DJ uh, T-Smooth is?
0: I've heard the name. I don't think I've met him.
1: Oh, he's dope, bro. He's dope. dope. That guy is, he's one of the sickest DJs I've ever met, bro. So whenever he's playing and I have nothing to do, I'm definitely seeing where he's playing. I'm definitely going to try and go there.
0: Awesome. And where does he play? In KW or Toronto? Yeah,
1: so I think he plays on Herb on Saturdays, um, sometimes pub on, on Fridays, you know, so... Um, yeah, cool guy, and he knows his music, man.
0: So, yeah, man. Awesome. Um, so, we met at the Mel Brown Festival.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, during the Emerging Artist Showcase last year. So, that would have been uh, 2022 Mel Brown Festival. Um, there was an Emerging Artist Showcase uh, held here in the library. Yeah. And uh, you opened for Hawaii and Mighty. Um, and uh, you were it was a it was Malik's set.
1: Yeah, it was Malik's set. But you yeah. were the
0: DJ. Yeah. Um and you were there with some other people from Life of Dreamers. Yeah, yeah. Uh why don't you tell me a, bl- a little bit about Life of Dreamers and where you fit into all that?
1: Yeah, so um me and my guys we created a company called Life of Dreamers. I think it was like sometime last year. I think it was maybe May or April. And um it was it was just to start maybe like a like a media page to push um dreamers pretty much people that love music or are artists or any any type of artistry just try and push them as much as we can you know I mean like I know for me I dream day and night about music and I know there's probably millions of people out there that do the same too right so the the meaning behind the company is pretty much in the name life for dreamers so we're doing behind the scenes of all the creators that we can just come across past and try and showcase that man but people that are part of it are big sosa shout out to my guy big sosa malik's a part of that i'm a part of that and there's a lot of people that we work with too so everybody that we work with i call them dreamers so
0: yeah yeah fantastic so it's the three of you that are the main uh members of the company yeah yeah but um uh i've seen on the life of dreamers page like lots of other artists so oh you, yeah people from toronto that you're that you're doing shows with yeah and, uh, um well What would you say is your approach when you're like trying to find new talent or find someone that you wanna work with? So
1: I have to shout somebody out real quick. Uh, Team Real Estate. Um, I think she's, uh, I don't know if she's still managing right now but she is a manager in the Toronto scene. Um, My guy Big Sosa was connected with her from a long time ago. So when we started this, uh, I think he reached out to her and he said, yeah, well, we're trying to start this company i uh, trying to find as many artists, as many shows as we can get, if you can help us out. And she really paved the way for us to get into Toronto. So we've met a lot of Toronto artists. Um, we pretty much started doing, like, photo shoots and behind-the-scenes for artists. And then once shows started coming up, we just started to do footage of the shows, take pictures of the artists, interact with the artists. Um, since I, have, I work at Jack house, I would just say, hey, I... Work at a studio. If you guys want studio time, come down. So it's it's all a big circle that, that that we're a part of, you know. So it's dope.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. And uh yeah, congratulations to all of you for for making it happen. Because Thank I, you, yeah. I remember um after the show here last year at the library, you you and Malik were heading out and I asked you what you were up to. Yeah. And you said you were going to Milton for another show. Or yeah, something. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Maybe it, it was Milton or Vaughn or somewhere. I
1: think I think it was oh, let me let me try to remember.
0: You had another show that, that same night. That same Somewhere night. Someone else. You know.
1: You know what it was. I think it's a funny story. I think that one was, I think it was a Kanan show that we were trying to get into. Yeah, and I think it was a Kanan show that we we're just trying to do media for. Yeah. Well. Or that might have been the day. After, but I, truthfully, like we're just trying to get as many shows and many opportunities
0: as we can. So that's fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, K9 is one of my favorites. Oh, for real, man. Definitely a big inspiration for me. Um, and he has a song called Dreamers. Does he? Yeah. Have you not heard? I've it? not okay, heard that. That's to, crazy. That's your homework. No, nah, for Ron, real, for Dreamers real. By Kana, one of my favorite. Yeah. Favorites.
1: Well, he he's Somali and I'm Somali too, okay. so yeah. it's, that's dope. But I didn't know he had a song called Dreamers. Yeah. That is insane. It's really Damn. good. It's, okay. it's an
0: upbeat song too. Okay. Um, that's awesome. Well, why don't, we, um, why don't we get into one of your songs, and we're going to play. We're going to play None New.
1: Okay, let's do it, yeah.
0: Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about this song and why you chose to pick it for this show? Ooh, I feel like...
1: Um the track, Nothing New, It's like a it has a high-energy type of song, you know? And I've performed this song at um, a lot of the shows that I've done. And it's not out yet, but I plan to release it this year. But
0: Giving us a sneak preview. That's a, a little
1: sneak peek. You know, a little sneak uh, sneak peek. But at the same time, this track was one of those tracks that um, I heard the beat, and I just went into the studio right away, and it just came in, like, 20, 30 minutes. So it's one of those that I just... I love those type of tracks because whatever just comes out is, in my opinion, the best. You know, just right off the bat, don't think about it, don't write, just, just go. So yeah, nothing
2: new.
3: Damn Jay, you made this. Ain't nothing.
0: struck me listening to that is um, you switch up the flow a couple of times yeah. when you're doing your verse and yeah. I, I like that because I find that with trap beats a lot of times it's very consistent rhythm and you're you, you know you need something else to bring in that element of surprise Yeah, so you're doing that with the flow on your verse but um, maybe yeah let, let us know about your your songwriting process and, like, how how does that come together? Is it in the booth? Is it a lot of uh, hearing hearing the beat in your headphones, walking around? Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's your process?
1: I mean, so, truthfully, like, once I hear a beat, I feel like I, I know how the song is going to end in, like, the first 10 seconds of hearing the beat. So it's like I know where it has to go. I just have to fit the puzzles, right? So... Once I, like, say this, this beat right here or this track right here, I heard in the studio, and once I heard the drums come in, I'm like, okay, just plug me in, just just let me get in there and just start blabbing out. So I just say whatever comes to my mind, even if it's gibberish, even if it's a one-two word that might fit, just get it off. And what I do is I'll get the melody and I'll switch the, um, the flows in that little gibberish so I know that... Um, how do I say it? Like, it'll go up and down with the with the flow, but I'll come back out, hear the gibberish, right to it, go back in, plug in, and then you know, and then the song is there.
0: So you start with the rhythm, yeah, and and feeling what's gonna what's gonna mesh with the with oh the beat, and always. then the, you have to find those words that are gonna make after. it fit in.
1: Yeah, after that's 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 been my process always because I feel like music is feeling. So if you get in there and just feel and say whatever comes to your mind and your body then it's gonna resonate with a lot more people but i feel like if you just hear the beat and sit down and write to it you might lose that spark or that little idea that you might have had you know so that's why i don't even like to write when i hear a beat i just get in there go say whatever even if it's what you know whatever just get the feeling out
0: you know it's good to have access to a studio and oh, uh, yeah. be able to <laughs> yeah Be in there while you're writing, going in and out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and truthfully for me, oh, yeah, that's big Sosa right there. But um, truthfully for me, um, that's why I really wanted to get into engineering because I couldn't record these songs at my crib, right? So engineering allowed me to have a space, a studio space, to let out my creativity, you know, so... That's, that's 100% why I got into engineering first because I'm like, I need a studio where I can just be ex- as creative as I can. And um, yeah, man.
0: You like going to the club, you like listening to music, you'll try everything you can mm-hmm. to be in that scene and, and get deeper in that scene. Yeah. Um, but take me back to when you were younger, when you are growing up. Mm-hmm. What was your relationship to music? When did you first feel a connection? To to music, either creating it or as a as a fan.
1: Oh, I mean, truthfully, I think I don't know when this came out, but when Drake headlines, when that track came out, I remember putting it on YouTube, lyrics, learning all the lyrics to that song. So for me, that was like one of those tracks that went, uh, made me get into rap. I don't know if you know this guy, Lupe Fiasco. What was that song? Uh, Show goes on. You remember that track, Show goes on. It like, all right, already the show goes on. That track. But I remember I recorded it and I posted it on YouTube because I did like a little cover and it was for nobody to find out. But then all the kids in the school found out and they're like, no, nah, you should do it. That's dope, that's dope. So yeah, it kind of started from there. But I got a shout out, um, I forget his name, but one of my high school teachers, he always allowed me to uh, make beats in his classroom. Because I think it was my last year in grade 12, I was going through a lot of stuff. And he knew that um, I was going through some stuff. So he let me come through, spend however long I wanted to make beats all day, just learn about Logic Pro. And I got to shout him out because if he didn't let me do that, then I probably wouldn't have kept up with it. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: yeah. Yeah. What high school did you go to? I went
1: to Rez. Rez in okay. WCI.
0: Okay. Yeah, awesome. but
1: that that high school teacher was at Res.
0: Did you ever um, go to the Legacy uh, showcase? Or Legacy. Did, so this was something that happened at Resurrection, um, but it might have been, it might have stopped before you would have been a student there. Okay. Um, which was started, I believe, uh, as a Black History Month thing. Oh, dope. With some of the um, parents. And it was for students all across the city, not okay. not just for Resurrection, but that's where they had um, basically a talent show, except it was for celebrating Black culture. Oh, that's crazy! I and, performed there. And to um, yeah, you know, remember all the art forms that have come before us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, They're doing it again this year. So are they actually Rufus John and Salam Debs are organizing it? It's going to be a show at the end of the month. Okay. At the Conrad Center. Yeah. Um. So they sort of revived it now, right. but it's a really good opportunity for high school students to get experience. Good to hear like where people are getting support. I know like KCI had a good radio station where okay. that encouraged a lot of musicians locally. But yeah, um, really great to hear that your teacher at at Resurrection oh, like, just like, you know let you have that resource.
1: Hundred percent. I feel like in a weird way I don't want to say it like that because it's not really like that. But he like saved me in a way. You know, get what I'm saying? Because seeing somebody so passionate about something. I mean, everybody has different passions and different things that they want to do, but I mean, when you're in high school, you don't really know what you want to do for the rest of your life, right? But and I shout that guy out, man. Real one. But yeah, I think I actually performed at that one legacy. I don't know if it was the legacy one, but it might have just been a talent show, but I know I did one at Rez. I, I think it was in grade nine. It was it was a while ago, but I, I remember I did one of those, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And- uh so how do you feel um, about? Obviously, you're comfortable performing in front of people. Yeah. But you mentioned doing this talent show in grade nine. Um, you've had lots of experience since then. Yeah. Do you feel like it was easy for you to be comfortable on the stage, or did it take uh, you know multiple times uh, to get to get it?
2: Uh, I
1: don't know. I feel like that first that well, I think that talent show was actually my first time performing. But I remember after that, um, that feeling that that gave me was like, oh, I want to do that again, you know? So I feel like obviously nerves and, and stuff like that do come in, but I feel like once you have art that you're passionate about and you're trying to show it to people and try to show people that you are passionate about it, for me, it just I just not black out, but I don't really think too much. I'm just, hey, this is me. This is my songs. If you like it. You like it. If you want to vibe with me, let's vibe out, you know? So that, that's what I'm there for, for the performances, you know? So, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. You sent me a couple songs that were inspirations for you. Yeah. So you mentioned Drake a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know that Party Next Door is, uh, is someone who Drake signed. Yeah. And is an inspiration for you. Do you want me to tell me a little bit about... Uh, this song that we're going to listen to, West District.
1: Oh, if you guys don't know this song, you guys have to listen to this track. I mean, the thing with Party Next Door that I really like is, like, there's R&B, and then there's Party Next Door who brought that new kind of, I, I would say kind of new R&B, you know, but it's it's like kind of like a dark Toronto R&B, R&B vibe, you know, but all of Party Next Door's tracks I listen to, that guy is talented to the max, you know, so... Yeah, West District is a track that I bump at least twice a week, at least, you know? So,
4: yeah. train them to shit like that, but I'm cool cause this is in love, We're
0: Party Next Door West District and that was a selection by KW's very own 23 Dreams. Yeah. Uh, my name is Sam Nabby and you're listening to local music live on midtownradio.ca, KW's hyperlocal radio station. And today's episode is presented in partnership with tricityhiphop.com celebrating the people and places that have shaped local hip hop culture. So, uh, Party Next Door, you were talking about how it's R&B,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not just R&B. What yeah. makes this different?
1: I mean, the way I feel like... I know he makes his own beats too, so that's 10 times crazier. But it's like the ability that he has to slow down a feeling is crazy because like, most of his tracks are... I feel like they're a little on the slower side of the R&B, but even his effects that he uses, like the delays and and... I feel like his reverbs—they're—they're they're just crazy, in my opinion. So, I mean, I shout out to shout out to Part Next Door for his his artistry and and his production. It's crazy, it's crazy. I'm a big fan of him still.
0: Yeah, I the feeling I got was um, just noticing how the the singing is very pretty in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's singing about you know partying hard. Yeah. About being the man. Yeah, and yeah. Things that could be, you know, lumped in that category of even gangster rap. Yeah. But he does it in such a nice way, in that, such a pretty, way, in a pretty such, <laughs> such a smooth way. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I feel like there's a bit of that also in the next song we're going to hear, which is the, the, uh, the other track that you sent me. Yeah. Um, we're going to listen to a song that I think, if people don't know it, like you've heard it. Yeah. Oh, you definitely, you definitely, definitely, heard you definitely it. had this track. This This brings me back when I listened to it before we had this interview. This brings me back to uh, middle school dances. Yeah. And, <laughs> learning, and like, learning to dance with people for the first time. Yeah. Um, so it's Kevin Little, Turn Me On. Big um, wait, so how how old would you have been when this song came out?
1: No, i don't I don't even know how old I was, but was this, was this one of your first uh,
0: awakenings of uh, pop was. culture?
1: It was because I remember I know my pops, he doesn't play a lot of music, but there's times where I know he's in a good mood and he'll just throw on some good tracks in the in the crib and I remember that song being that one song that caught my ear and made me want to search it up and be like, "Oh, I want to listen to this all the time so so yeah. That, that's a big track, man. It's so mesmerizing, bro. That hook is crazy.
0: Kevin Little and uh, took me back to middle school days for sure. <laughs> uh, well, that was fantastic. It was, it's really good to hear a little bit more about your inspiration and your influences. Yeah, ma'am. Um, so we were just talking as the song was playing. You said that like this sounds like dance hall, and yeah, you know, there's soca in there. There's uh, your your party next door, which we listened to just before that. You have R and B. You have like a real electronic sound as yeah. well. So um and then I'm thinking about artists that you perform with like Malik mm. that's um very much rap. Yeah. And uh we haven't gone too much into your like your music. Yeah. But your music is um it it's a lot of singing. Yeah. Um it's R and b it's dancey. You, yeah. You have some Caribbean vibes in some of your songs. For sure. Um so do you how do you my question is, how do you think of genre um, when you think about hip hop as a, is that an umbrella category or is that something that's separate from R&B Ooh. or ha- how do you approach? Um... How do I
1: approach hip hop? Well, like, it, what does, am I...
0: how do you approach the, the genre of what you make? Ooh,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like I make my music off of feeling. So... If I've been listening to a lot of dancehall that week, I'll probably just try some dancehall beats. Or if I'm it, it, like going through something, I'm gonna get on some more R and B stuff. But I know me and my guy Sosa over here, we've recently just got into more pop and and '80s music too. So I'm I'm just trying different types of sounds. I mean, I know when it comes down to hip hop, like. In the beginning, I was rapping. I was just trying to get my bars off, and then it, it just dragged into um, like my 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 music. How do I say it? Horizon kind of just opened up because listening to old tracks or hearing my friends play different tracks, so. So yeah,
0: you still got bars too. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> I like to think so, but yo, know, I don't know. Cause like we said earlier, the process for me it's more about feeling and not really writing down. So it's hard to think about those in, in that small time frame, you know. So ho- I hope I do. I hope I do.
0: Yeah, um, when you're when you're writing, you you already explained that you like to create in the studio, mm. in the moment, in mm-hmm. the field. Yeah, but. Um, when you're finished with that initial inspiration, is do you, do you finish with a song in one session? Do you come back to it months later? Oh, uh, how, how do you how do you approach that uh, that side of creating music?
1: This is the side that I'm really trying to work on right now because if I make or if I try to make a hook or if I try to make a song, I probably won't ever go back to it. So it's like I have to really try my hardest, I'm finishing the song in that moment, or I know that I probably won't go back to it, because the next time I'm in the studio, I'll probably have a different idea, and I'm like, I want to get that idea out, or let's try this idea, or let's try that, so, um, yeah, like, finished tracks, I have a lot more demos and, like, hooks or ideas a lot more than my finished tracks, so, so Yeah. Yeah man I got I got to I got to change that over though soon hopefully
0: I mean I think it was wasn't it Bob Dylan who said that he has to write like hundreds of songs oh yeah until he gets one that is actually going to work
1: work or uh, that he thinks is going to work he you know gonna work. It, yeah yeah
0: yeah So yeah definitely people have different approaches Yeah um that's fantastic uh songwriting style we talked about that. So uh one of the things that I'm really Sad that I never actually got to go to one of these. But you and Malik were hosting shows mm-hmm. at uh, Jambo Cuisine. Yeah, yeah. Down on Scott Street. Yeah. So that really struck me. I saw the, the uh, Instagram uh, posts about it. And um, from what I heard from other people who went there, it was packed. There was, yeah. It was full of people. And it was full of people that were a new crowd that um, that weren't going to shows elsewhere in Kitchener. Yeah, yeah. So... Talk to me a little bit about how you created that space, and and you know what it means to have uh, some shows that are attracting a younger crowd and a different crowd that you might see in other places.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that period was when I was working at a studio called Lockbox. I don't know if you heard of Lockbox Studio.
0: Yeah, on Market Lane, right? I th- I
1: think it is yeah, I think it's on Market Lane. It's that little, it's on Scott Street, kind of a Market Lane. But I had a lot of artists come through to that studio. And I had a good idea. I'm like, if all these artists are coming to the studio, why not try and at least give them a a platform so they can perform it? You know, so getting those shows together for me wasn't really that hard because when artists would come to the studio, I would ask them, hey, do you want to perform? Do you want to do a show? And every time they're like, 100%, I want to get my music out there. So with the help of Sosa and Malik and some other guys that was down there, yeah, Life of Dreamers, um, it really started off of me messaging the people that I, I work with. And I think the first show, first show was crazy. I think we had like, what, over 100, 100 some people? Small space too, yeah. Small space too. But it was like it was one of those cool underground scenes that you're like, damn, this is this is some dope that's really building up because there's so many artists that just want their own people or new people to just come see what they can do. And I know for me that's exactly what I want. So it it, it was a dope experience that we created. Hopefully we can do a lot more in different places, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think venues need to be doing then? If they like, I I go to sh- I go to shows downtown Kitchener. I went to a, a hip hop show in December at the Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of last minute because I I didn't had didn't hear about it until right. like a couple weeks before the show, and unfortunately, I mean the crowd was only maybe forty fifty people, mm-hmm. and you you know you don't want to go to a club that's half empty, right? Uh, right. So. Yeah, that was an experience where, you know, was it the artist? Was it the venue? Are people just not willing to come out like they used to? Yeah. And But from your perspective and your experience, I mean, I know you're active outside of this region as well. Yeah. But um, what are the best venues doing right that we, that we can learn from here?
1: I think what venues that are succeeding, I think what they're doing right is I don't want to say finding the right acts because I feel like everybody is a good act with themselves, you know, but I feel like the way that they promote it, I mean, that that Mel Brown show that you did, that was, I always tell these guys, I'm like, that show was crazy, like, we, I gotta hit you up for that, you know, but I, I think it's just doing the promoting the right way, you know, like, if an artist is performing, maybe try and send him his own flyer, excuse me, send him his own flyer and maybe try and and promote to their people as well, not just say, hey, you want to come to the show and then not really follow up with them or even try to network with their people, you know, so I feel like if you do the promotion right and network right and just make it more as an experience instead of just, hey, let's just do something just because we're doing something, then people will take it a lot more serious, you know? So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, Why don't we get into the second song that you sent me? Yeah. Which is?
1: Beamer Benz
0: Bentley. Beamer Benz Bentley. (laughs) It's my favorite Um, track right now. Yeah, and it's it's doing some numbers on uh, social media. right? I, I think so a little bit,
1: a little and bit. There.
2: Yeah.
0: So well, maybe before we get into that, the song like you you have you clearly have a plan. You have a strategy about how you're releasing music and how mm-hmm. you want to how you want to um, send this out into the world. Yeah. So you, you know you've got the visuals. You've got uh, some some videos of yourself that you've been posting, yeah. reminding people about the track, some behind the scenes. Yeah. Um. How does that all come together? Like when you, when you are trying to promote a song in today's age of, yeah. trying to get on these streaming services and trying yeah. to get the attention of playlists.
2: Hundred um, percent.
0: Yeah. How, how do you, uh, how do you know whether you're promoting too many songs or not enough? Or yeah. like, what, what's your strategy? Truthfully,
1: I'm I'm still trying to figure that out because. Um, like, I stress way too much on releases and I stress way too much on, oh, are people going to like this song or is this the right song to drop right now? But I'm trying to get over that hump where it's like, just put it out there. And if it connects with people, it connects with people, right? So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, this track, I think I just did like a in-studio performance. I dropped the cover art for it. Um, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think I promoted this one too crazy, but I know when I'm trying to drop a song or try to promote a song, then I'll have maybe like three weeks ahead of time where I'll do in-studio performance or like a little snippet in the studio or just try and get it out as, as, to as many people as possible. you know. And I think the biggest thing for me is I send out my songs to as many people before it even releases. So um, I'll get feedback from a lot of different people and I'll be like, "Do you think I should drop this?" And they're like, "Yeah, this is a, good, it's a dope song." So and I'll just drop that song. But yeah, "Being of Bentley" that's that's one of my favorite tracks, man.
2: Yeah.
3: I just wanna
0: A photo with me, or you posted a photo on and about um, working with some live musicians, and so 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 tell me about that, and and uh, tell me about how that how you're going to work in a band and and uh, and musician support into what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so I had um, uh, a guy who goes by the name of Jules Riley message me, and he said um, you want a studio session. So I said, of course, come through. And he brought a guy named Dwayne. Shout out to Dwayne. I'm going to get into him a little bit more, but shout out to Dwayne. He came through and he brought his bass guitar.
0: And this is, he came to the track house?
1: No, he came to, this was at Lockbox. He came to Lockbox and he brought a bass guitar. And when I say I'm an engineer, I'm just somebody that was getting into it. That was just, hey, come record. I can get your vocal sounding crisp, match it with the beat, you know? And then we're good to go. And he goes, um yo, have you ever recorded a bass? And I'm like, let's figure this out. I've never done it, but let's figure it out. So eventually we figured it out, but hearing him play, it just sounded 10 times crazier, and that's what kind of opened my ears to live instruments. So after that, I stayed in in contact with Dwayne, and I think he has, what do you call those... um, uh, music rooms, uh, having a brain for here. What is it called? The jam sessions or jam halls? I think he owns a jam hall. So we just go down there, and I sent him like five songs of mine, and he just sent back um, five different versions of the songs. And he laid down his bass, but he goes by the name of Evil Twin Two. I don't know if we created it, but he um, lays down the bass for the for the track, and then he'll switch it. I think he has a uh, what, do you, what do you call it? One of those. It's not a preamp.
2: Petals?
1: A pedal. He has a pedal where it'll change the signal to an electric guitar. So he he is insane. But just that sound, it sounds like rock with R and B with dancehall meshed in one. And having that live for me, that's that's crazy, you know. So that's what we've been working on for the past couple of months, and we're trying to polish that and and try and perform that.
0: Yeah. Well. Um yeah, I I would love to he- hear that and see that line. So yeah, yeah, I can play you, know. I can play you some.
1: Yeah, after this, yeah. I can I can play you um, what he sent back. And he did like a different version to Beamer Benz of Bentley. And once you hear those two different versions, you're like, damn! If I heard that one live, that'd be crazy, you know. So I, I definitely have to show you that after this for sure. She
3: wanna be-
0: Sure you have me up here, bro. So. Yeah, I want to thank you. Thank you for taking the time and thank you for um for letting the people of KW know more about you. Yeah. So, what's next for you? What's next for Life of Dreamers?
1: With Life of Dreamers, I feel like we're trying to double down this year and try to um meet more artists, try to go to more shows and try to build our platform a little bit um more this year. So, yeah, I think we got a lot of stuff coming out for Life of Dreamers and and all the guys that we're working with. So it's gonna. it looks like it's going to be a dope year this year. Check out our pages, Life for Dreamers, on IG, and my page is 23dreams on IG. And, yeah, go check us out if you have the time.
2: Yeah. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you for having me, my brother. I appreciate it. This was dope.